Welcome to The Power of Digital Policy, a show that helps digital marketers, online communications directors, and others throughout the organization balance out risks and opportunities created by using digital channels. Here's your host, Christina Podner. everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Power of Digital Policy. For the past five or more years, we've been hearing that the Internet of Things, or IoT, will revolutionize digital marketing. The claim by most industry experts has been that the very devices that allow us to receive personalized environments, such as learning thermostats or predictable timing coffee machines, will generate hordes of new data. And of course, everybody says that based on inordinate amounts of new data, companies can market more precisely and more predictably with greater relevance and value. So this month, I started to think about the entire hype and ask myself, has this hype matured into reality? And more so, what do brands now need to be thinking about insofar as digital policies, IoT and personalization are concerned? So first off, I think we're getting close to the hype that we heard about in 2014, 2015, 2016. I tend to think of myself as a lagger when it comes to digital connected devices. And still at my house, there are two cars, two heating and cooling units, and a geofencing alarm system hanging out on the home network. There are ample bumps with all of these products, and none of them truly perform perfectly as we would like them to. For example, the connected uh, Volvo cars can't self-schedule a maintenance appointment because we don't subscribe to the Volvo internet plan, which seems really dumb to me because they're sitting in a garage that has ample Wi-Fi. So one of the heating and cooling systems has glitchy software and hasn't been updated in two years. All of these issues really, to me, signal that none of the companies have the user experience quite right. And I doubt there are any better at collecting the personal data about our family. If they were collecting the data, they're still unlikely to be able to do much with it based on what I've seen from email or postal mail or any other type of targeting, really. But then I also think about the fact that I have an Apple Watch on my wrist which is insanely advanced compared to the heating and cooling company in terms of IoT capabilities, data collection, usable services, and even marketing. The difference between companies in the IoT arena is immense, especially if you think about things like ability to collect data or use it for personalization, marketing, ongoing consumer engagement, and especially brand loyalty. Now, we could argue what makes one organization more mature than another or how their digital strategy accounts for technology cadence. But to make IoT and personalization meaningful and the underlying data have integrity, we need to have sound digital policy in place. And here's what I see as the key considerations, whether you're just easing into the shallow end of the pool or you've been swimming in a deep And you want to just double check yourself. So wherever you are with IoT and personalization, I've thought about this and purposefully broken down the considerations into three areas. One is my policy authors. Two, drafting considerations, as in what to think about around policies. And the third category is lifecycle management considerations. So hear me out on these three things. 
So I'm thinking about policy authors, right? If you are the digital policy steward inside of your organization, or even if you're just looking to define a policy that makes sense at a peer-to-peer level, the first thing you should ask yourself is who will help define your policy? In my experience, the team that will sit around the table and define the IoT and personalization policies needs to be interdisciplinary. That is applications, networks, database storage, system infrastructure, and operations need to all come together with product managers and the digital marketing team. That's because for IoT to work, it must cross the boundaries and engage the resources of all of these disciplines. You cannot have silos without some kind of translation across the board. Ask my colleague, Lisa Welchman. She'll tell you the same thing from a digital governance perspective. So you need to make sure that you're looking across the board to get those policy authors right. You need to reach across disciplines. And as a side note, if you're focused on internal IoT instead of external, it will still involve people in the business, especially if the projects are focused on automating machines on the manufacturing floor or something similar. After all, it's the folks in manufacturing and engineering that are the ones that define the business processes and the rule sets that are needed for IoT, while IT ensures that technology works. So you need those folks and they need to be working together. And this means that cooperative partnerships between IT and the end business units, as well as those supporting teams like marketing and sales should be in place before any IoT work is started. Okay. So once you have your authors, you need to kind of think about who is at the table and then what are they really going to be drafting? So for policy drafting considerations, I kind of gave it a a thought and reflected over the last few years what I've seen. And it really comes down to what works and what doesn't when it comes to IoT and personalization, because that means that you can either have sound digital products and services or you can't. There's always going to be something missing. So first, you have to get policies right that are in no way, shape or form exciting, right? This is the basic homework that nobody likes to do, but everyone has to do it if you want a good foundation for the exciting stuff. It's kind of like I keep saying your mom making you eat spinach. You don't like it, but you know it's good for you, so you're going to do it. By the basics, what I mean is you need to first think about and decide what you're going to be doing as an enterprise around your back end as a service or BAS component. This is the approach your organization will use to easily create and standardize and repeat the microservices that are needed to connect IoT devices with existing infrastructure. More often than not, this is a part that most marketing and product folks just forget about, which is, at least I joke, why duct tape exists. But as with anything in life, it's easier to get it right out of the gate rather than trying to backdoor engineer after the fact. So really think about that back end as a service component first, and then think about other policies that you absolutely need to have. Things like DevOps tools, right? That's your next consideration. Whether you'll be using vendors, or I guess, especially if you're going to be using vendors or if you're using your in-house team, you need to enable developers to speed up development and deployment of the microservices we just talked about. So consider policies around DevOps tools and document what can and cannot be used. And next is APIs. 
APIs are your IoT and personalization lifeline as they allow you to aggregate all that structured information that's needed to connect and coordinate and exchange information. Again, this is another duct tape moment that you can easily prevent by defining your guardrails up front. When all is said and done, your data can be aggregated no matter where it comes from and you can see, see like a single view into the user. If you don't have that in place, well, you won't have that. Once you're done with those foundational components, then it's time to really roll up your sleeves and discuss with a team key policies around maintenance, security, and reliability. I know, this is so not the exciting part. But of course, your policies will get exciting as you go um, and move forward, but you really need to get these foundations in place. And here's the reality. Maintenance is one. Security and reliability are the other two. Maintenance is definitely a tricky area of IoT. Consider who um, really owns the IoT devices that you're developing and think about how they're going to be maintained. If the data goes hand in hand with a device, does your opinion of who owns the device and who's responsible for maintaining it change? Think about if you're creating an IoT device such as a wearable watch, will you own it going forward or will it be the consumer? Who really needs to maintain it here and who will own the maintenance, not just, you know, the device, but the services at the back end. You should apply really the created or an entire set of policies around this and ensure that you have a lot of clarity. After all, you know, how will ownership be enforced? This is one of the key issues that we have in a lot of new areas. For example, if ownership is inside of a home, you know, and it requires updates, you know, is it really something that you can do or and maintain the device or is it something that the end customer has to do? And what's interesting to me is think about what happens if you're going to be maintaining the device. Let's say that it's my heating and cooling system. It needs to be maintained. Well, a service person right now has to come into the house and do that. So what happens if the device is tweaked for a really bad purpose? You know, will you still maintain it? contractually you may have to so you should really think through the legal and the court aspects of the policy so maintenance is one bucket and then you know if you're in the medical iot device area there's a whole bunch of other sort of maintenance thoughts to go with this especially um in if you think about ingestibles or highly sensitive products where people's health and well-being are tied to an iot device don't skimp on maintenance. Don't skimp on security because from collection and transmission to storage and accessibility, those need to be buttoned up and buttoned up right. The risk to consumer privacy and also to your organization should a data breach or any other kind of issue occur cannot be underestimated. By the way, this is where I strongly encourage you to include your legal team. They need to be talking about things like maintenance and security and reliability. And then, of course, I would expect most developers to understand that any connected device would be subject to data privacy standards, but then I'd be wrong. The problem is that we haven't really figured out exactly what data privacy standards means when it comes to things like new IoT devices. Again, think about ingestibles. And if you had to develop your policy 
especially around ingestibles, consider, you know, more than just sort of that maintenance and security. You have to start thinking about things like, is it ethical? Is it right? You know, what are you trying to do? You can't make assumptions about location of an IoT device if it's an ingestible and lives inside of somebody, since obviously that person can travel between borders and there's a whole world of new privacy considerations in that context. So data ownership is very complex in terms of IoT. And before you jump ahead, you really need to separate the IoT device policy discussion from a data perspective and make sure that you're considering rests and opportunities in context of both the device and the data. Things like, or, you know, the regulations, I guess, like HIPAA or GDPR, those tend to suggest that data would belong to the individual. But I always think about how would that work if it comes to gaining consent for something that's implanted into a person, like a cancel treatment um, device, maybe, you know, somebody's getting chemotherapy and the device is inside of the person. Will your terms of service state that you can use all the information for any purpose? Or will you need to get separate consent for each possible use of data? Will you need to obtain renewed consent on a regular schedule? Those are all great questions. And then, of course, there's the device itself, which, like I said, you should separate from the data. The question is, will personal data be stored on the device? And if so, can it be erased or deleted remotely? Or will it require a medical procedure? Medical devices just are so alarming from a risk perspective, but they can be mitigated. Early in the development process, whether it's a medical device or some other IoT device, brainstorm as many privacy scenarios as you can come up with and make sure you develop a policy for each of them. That's going to really help you out and it's going to make it easier for your team to get the product to market and ensure that the marketing and sales knows exactly what to do without any hiccups. So think about, like I said, maintenance, security, data privacy, reliability, but think also about reliability when it extends to things like disaster recovery plans, because IoT is no exception. Since IoT presents unique security challenges, it's the one time that your disaster recovery and business continuity policies might need to extend from legacy into the digital arena. For example, what if IoT fails? Do you have the ability to manually overwrite it and keep things running? And this is especially important if you stop and think about things like, um, or different functions like unmanned vehicles or drones or robots. I know they're not every day yet, but as they're coming down the pike, these are all considerations for brands that are working with the unmanned vehicles or drones and robots or using them for delivery of their products and services. So lots of policies to think about, and that should get you started. Once you get ready to tackle the policy lifecycle management, I want you to think about this one as well before you just jump in. When it comes to policy management, you obviously want to follow your standard digital policy management lifecycle. Nothing new there. But for change management planning purposes, I want you to ask yourself, is your management on board with IoT and personalization? Before starting any IoT project, you should really check in with them. Make sure that your sponsors and evangelists are lined up and that they're really bought in. When I talk about sponsors and evangelists, I'm thinking about people's like 
your board of directors, um, the CEO, and other top level officials. Make sure that you present IoT and personalization initiatives as value initiatives for the business. Many times, the business case can make the difference in how IoT and personalization policies are integrated into the enterprise, which is why key stakeholders need to be on board from the start. You don't want to wait for that. And don't forget to include a method for defining and measuring the ROI of your IoT and personalization policies, which might be an extension of the overall program or the projects. Like other digital projects, IoT will enjoy a, a time when everyone is excited before calming down and then starting to look for a return on investment. So make sure you're ready to address it. As you can tell, there's so much to consider in the IoT space, and the policy is just a small part of the planning you probably need to get done. I have a slew of resources on my site, and I also encourage you to visit the IoT for All website, where you can read policy advice that I've previously written, but that others have also contributed. To help you further think through policy considerations and the value of IoT and personalization, which I just think is such a cool area, I've invited John Melnick of Lex Research to share his insights. As personalization is sweeping nearly every industry, I can't think of one that isn't. It's doing that throughout IoT and wearables and healthcare and pharma and nutrition, consumer packaged goods, especially, and tons and tons of other areas. John is going to help us break down the business case for personalization trends and tell us what it means for the growth or the decline of consumer focused companies. So stay tuned for the next episode of The Power of Digital Policy when John Melnick of Lux Research will join me and we'll talk about the value of IoT and personalization. Until next time, be well and do great policy work. Thank you for joining The Power of Digital Policy. To sign up for our newsletter, get access to policy checklists, detailed information on policies, and other helpful resources, head over to thepowerofdigitalpolicy.com. If you get a moment, please leave a review on iTunes to help your digital colleagues find out about the podcast. 